All right. Well, this morning we're doing things just a little bit different around here. One of the things that I love to be able to do is for you to meet some of the different people that are part of our congregation and hear different voices. I think we do it wrong in the American church, by the way. I think we tend to focus too much on one person and one voice. And I love being able to hear from all the different ones. God's put different giftings in you, and, in, and we come together as a body. And so this morning you're going to hear from one of our people here in One Chapel Lake, Travis. You already know, a lot of you know his wife, um, Tasha, who sings on the worship team here. But you haven't heard from Jason yet. They moved here from California a couple years ago, and so he's going to share his story uh, with us this morning. So put your hands together and give a warm welcome for him. like that guy at all. Pastor actually brought up a wonderful point of, as we were talking through the offertory, and he, he gave us actual words of scripture. It wasn't Pastor Russ's thoughts or best ideas. These are the words of God himself, right? Amen. And so it got me to thinking, all right, he went, went on to say, well, you know what? I love the fact that we like to focus on multiple voices here. 
to recognize, you know, we have a body of Christ and each of the pieces has its part to play. And so the voice isn't just Pastor Russ. It isn't just Pastor Ross. It's the body, right? And so I got to thinking, what does that mean? The voice. And in my own life, voice has a particularly deep meaning because so much of my life has revolved around my own voice. And so I got to thinking, okay, well, then what, what options are there? And I thought, all right, there's really only three options, right? There's, there's the voice of God, which we all ascribe to wanting to hear. There's the voice of Satan, our enemy and the deceiver and the one whose design in our life is to steal, kill, and destroy. And then there's a third option where I thought to myself, well, <laughs> and then there's my voice, right? God has worked despite me in countless ways, miraculous ways that have been covered on ABC, TLC, Discovery Channel, Inside Edition, LA Times, blah, 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 blah. That's that old guy that would have cared that any of that happened. I'm only bringing it up to show you the extent of the miracles he's done in my life. In one of them, uh, you know, there were I was 40 feet underwater with zero air. Uh, in another one, my daughter was glassed over after having fallen onto concrete five foot onto her head, and I'm in Malaysia at the time, and all we could do was pray the word of God over her, and literally, she went into a CAT scan drooling, came out and said, why am I here? Perfectly cognizant. I'm... I've had cars drive through my children. I don't mean like around them. I don't mean like, oh, you know, they got hurt. As, literally, the car went through my children and didn't hurt them at all as it was speeding down a cul-de-sac. Miracle after miracle after miracle. There's a, I, it took 20 minutes of the jaws of life to cut me out of a car. Collapsed my femur into itself like a telescope, broke every bone on my left leg, my left arm. Gave me brain trauma so severe that it reduced me to the mental capacity of a two-year-old. My wife might argue whether or not that last part ever changed, but God has done miracles in my life over and over and over again. And so I wanted to find a way, and I don't have time to tell all of those stories. I may not even have time to tell the story I'm trying to tell today because there's so much goodness that he's crammed in my life. And I wanted to find a way to help you get something out of it that applies to you today, right now, that changes your life. And so when we're looking at these voices, I thought to myself, all right, God's voice, Satan's voice, my voice. And I recognized my voice may not even be my voice. My voice is really... It's a gift, yes. I mean, did any of you enjoy that guy singing? I mean, not the guy walking around, the, the buffoon, but the singing itself. Did that work for you? Did anybody think that was a decent, decent guy? The irony is, that is my voice. That's a recording from a soundtrack in L.A. that I did. Sadly, 
I've been told because of other incidents in my life that we'll cover now that I'll never even whisper, much less speak or sing again. By the grace of God, I am able to speak. But again, to be told I can't sing is, is pretty tragic. So in a, a single moment, things change. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse, and sometimes you're not sure which one it is until far after. But in this moment, God showed me rather emphatically my voice isn't my voice. The day of the accident was definitely the worst day of my life. We were actually taking a glass table down to our garage to put in storage, and we had two young boys helping us move, and Jason was one on one end, and the kid dropped the table. It cracked all the way up to the top of the glass, leaving a jagged edge that came straight down like a guillotine on Jason's neck and cut his head almost off. I've never seen anything to the extent of this patient's injury. It is a huge gash to his neck, basically extending from right below his ear down to his chest, and actively bleeding blood. Is this audible bleeding? That's yeah. There's an entity in surgery which we call audible bleeding. That means that the bleeding is so rapid that you hear it. At this point, it, was, it wasn't about saving his voice, it was about saving his life. Jason feels like if he can't sing, life, life isn't worth living for because music is such the core of who he is. They didn't think Jason was going to make it. Mrs. Black. I was met by the doctor, and he's prepping me, and Tasha, you gotta be strong, and you gotta stay strong for him, and you gotta tell me love him, and, and anything else you wanna tell him. Dr. Khalili saved Jason's life, but for Jason, survival is bittersweet. His right arm's permanently paralyzed, and all he can do is make a rasping whisper, his greatest gift, is useless. So, God does amazing things. The fact that I'm here alive, period, is nothing less than a miracle. The fact that I had to lip sync to show you how I used to be able to sing is nothing short of tragedy. How do, you, how do you get those two and put them back into a, a picture that makes sense? When that happened, we were moving into our brand new LA-sized house, a mortgage house, same thing. Um, which, you know, I was already not 100% sure how we were gonna pay for. And now, Now I have no way to make a living. So we're moving the, the last thing out of our townhouse is a six foot by six foot sheet of glass. So imagine from the floor all the way up to here as a six foot square. 
there's only one way to move a piece of glass that big, and that's to grasp it in your hand, have it rest gently on your cheek. It goes above my head, right? So we're walking it out, and the other guy dropped it without a word, and it cracked up and fell into my neck, just like a guillotine. So it severed all the way through from my ear down to here. So literally, back down to my spine, I was semi-decapitated. It cut my head halfway off. It severed both jugular veins, paralyzed my right arm, my right vocal cord, and my right diaphragm. I should have let out in about 45 seconds. 45 minutes later, I still had what they call audible bleeding. You're bleeding so badly it can be heard as it's being pumped out of your body. And they were still that sure I was going to die. They wanted to wait until Tasha came to say goodbye before they'd touch me. Thankfully, in L.A. traffic, she did finally get there. And they did decide, we may as well do something. He's already here. I awoke to be told by the best hospital in the world, we've never seen anybody suffer anything to the extent of what you have, much less survive. Wow, you should just be grateful to be alive. By the way, never going to whisper, much less speak or sing again. Have a nice day. Here's your bill. Um, and by the way, Cedar Sinai, again, that's where you know, the Kardashians go. It's where Madonna had her baby. It's when Britney Spears had her breakdown, she went to Cedar Sinai. Like, Cedar Sinai is the hospital. And so for them to say that they'd never seen anybody suffer anything to that extent is, is substantial. So they are amazing at medicine. There's only one thing they're better at, and that's billing. <laughs> so literally, we're facing hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, there are other miracles you guys know. For example, my son got bit by a rattlesnake and 30, day, 30 vials of antivenom and 15 days in Dell Children's. I mean, over and over again, Satan has come against us and tried to take us out. And over and over again, God has come and shown himself faithful beyond that. So all of this to say, I am, I am not a good person. Left to my own devices, I'm just not. I'm selfish. I'm prideful. I'm, I'm about me when I don't listen to God. And so when I was looking at it, that's where things start to come together is when I recognize that, yes, I have a voice, but the only voice I have is actually just amplifying one of the other two voices. I want you to think about that. Our only voice is an amplification of God's voice or of Satan. And we think, well, you know, I don't know if it has to be quite that black and white, Jason. That's kind of obnoxious, don't you think? Well, let's look at the scripture because who cares what Jason says? The scripture says that if they're not against me, they're for me. But then he went right on to say in, in Matthew 12, 30, if they're not with me, then they're against me. I don't hear a lot of gray area in either of those, do you? So that leads me to ponder, do I have a voice and... I would say no, except as it's amplifying one of those two, since those are now my only two options. Fine. Then if 
If I'm one or the other, well, how can I just, maybe I can just sit it out and have no voice. Maybe I can be passive. That's fine to think that until you bother to look at what the word says. And the word says, since there is no Switzerland, there is no neutral zone, right? We're either in his camp or we're out. And if we're out, he says, if you're lukewarm, then I'll spit you out of my mouth. I mean, he's pretty clear that even if you want to be halfway, he'll get rid of you and you're on the other side. So, okay, passive engagement. That's really not a possibility. So what does active engagement mean? Well, literally, confession is what salvation itself rests on. Again, forget Jason's voice. What's the word say? In Romans 10, 8, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love when he's that clear because I'm that simplistic. So if I confess with my mouth and believe that he is Lord, awesome, and that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. For with your heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Okay, so my voice is really important in this equation. It's just whether or not I'm saying his words or saying Satan's words, right? Matthew 10, 32 says, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my Father in heaven. I don't know if you took that in. Jesus will deny me in front of the only one who it matters to if I'm not confessing him. That's a pretty big deal. So, okay. If my only two options are amplifying God or amplifying Satan, which is usually when I think I'm just amplifying me and Satan's fine letting me think that. If those are my only two options, then what does God's voice sound like? How do I make sure that that in a practical way is applying to my life? Simple enough. Again, you're going to find really clear and really quick that I'm simple and pragmatic. Those two words sum me up, which is why I keep coming back to the simple things like, well, what should, where should I start? In the beginning, that's a good place. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, right? That's, that's the beginning. Okay, so if that's, that's what his voice sounds like is the word. Okay. That's still a little esoteric for me. So he was with God. He was God. Okay, that's good. But what, how, what does that apply? How does that apply in my life? Well, since I didn't quite get it in the beginning, let's start again. In the beginning was the word. But in the beginning, it also says that God spoke. Genesis 1.1, the very first sentences in the whole Bible are in the beginning. And it says, God said, let there be light. Let there be stars. Let there be sea and air and animals. Right? Over and over again, he says, let there be. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. 
He said, let there be, and it was so, and he saw that it was good. So God himself speaks, and that's how he creates. And that's how you can create in your own life, is what you are speaking out. So, okay, my voice now becomes all the more important. I need to speak out the word of God, because that's how he creates the universe. That's how he saves the universe. So um, this whole speaking the word thing ends up being more and more important as I look deeper. So in the beginning was God's voice speaking the word, which we know to be Jesus, and the word creates, and God's voice is what? It is good. It's the simplest point. What's it sound like? It sounds like, it sounds like life. It sounds like light. It sounds like goodness. And by the way, God's word never disagrees with God's word. So if it doesn't match what's already somewhere else in the Bible, you better take a second or a third or a tenth look until you find out why. Because that ain't God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so if he said it, and he's not a man that he can lie, and this disagrees with what he said another time, this ain't him. It's me again. This is my voice. It's me taking the reins again. So a lot of you are thinking, all right, these are, you know, blah, 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 preachy, preachy, blah. How does this apply in my life, Jason? Can I have a practical example? I'm glad you asked. I happen to have a practical example. So you've got the word, Jesus. He's got a lot of good examples, but since all of us could be like, yeah, but he's Jesus and I can't do that, I'm off the hook. <clears throat> Well, let's look at Peter. He's a man's man. And he makes some huge mistakes and makes some huge things that nobody else gets to do happen too, right? I mean, he's got, pardon my French, he's got balls. He steps out and he's willing to be in faith, not fear. He's the one that walked on water with Jesus. He also then failed and sunk, but he walked on water. That's awesome. So let's look at Peter. Peter says, all right, Jesus himself is talking to Peter. He says, but what about you? This is in Matthew 16, 15. What about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? Again, Jesus speaking to Peter. Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. <laughs> yes. Blessed are you, says Jesus. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell itself will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, how many of you would like Jesus himself, the word of God, the son, the Christ, saying, you know what? God just spoke through you. That's a practical example. And only moments later, he starts to look just like me. In verse 21, he says, but that from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Whoa, 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 hey. You just said... God's talking through me. 
Get behind me, Satan, were the next words from Jesus to the same guy. That's how quick it switches back and forth between, am I speaking God's word right now? Or am I speaking my own slash really Satan in deception? Right? Okay. If I know it can switch that quick, that means no matter how deep I am, the opposite can just as easily be true. I can change where I'm at, stop what's not been working, what's serving Satan in my life, and start speaking the word of life again over my life, over my family, over my wife, over my business, etc. right? Over my circumstance. So in uh, John 10, 27, he says, my sheep, his it depends on which translation you're looking at. It says, my sheep hear my voice, or my sheep listen to my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. So as we hear his voice, and as we speak it back out, things shift. Things have to shift. Comparison. Satan's voice will encourage the easy way out. God's voice will give courage to go all the way. Satan's voice will make it about you, me, and my desires. God's voice will make it about God through serving others. 1 John 2 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So what does his voice sound like? It sounds good. It sounds clean. Satan appeals to fear. God appears to your faith. Satan encourages everything that's temporary. God reminds us to look at the eternal. Satan is all about your happiness and pleasure, he wants you to think. God, God's way is about joy and peace. Now, we're encouraged to put on the armor of faith and we have the helmet and the breastplate and the, we've got everything and the shield of faith and those are all awesome. And those keep us from dying as we get pummeled to death, right? What's the only weapon we're given? The sword is the Bible. The sword is the word of God. Now, we call it the word. This doesn't become the word until we speak the word, until we confess the word. This isn't about just reading it and ruminating on it. It's not about just thinking and pondering and meditating. Prayer is not an internal only situation. Prayer is external. Prayer is speaking the word of God out over your life. That's when things change. In the beginning was nothing. The earth was void and the Spirit hovered over it until God spoke. When God's word is spoken, the Holy Spirit itself and angels must come and make it happen. He said, and it was so. He said, and it was so. Happens over and over and over and over again because that's how it is. That's how the entire universe not just how it's designed, how it was created. I can't emphasize enough what this looks like is you speaking the word in your life.
Isaiah 55, 11 says, so my word, is that sing a theme here? My word, which goes forth from my mouth, and again, we were created in his image. He's designed us to work this way. My word, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty or not return void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. That's what it looks like on the other side of speaking his word. Joy, peace. Thank God for this. There is power in the spoken word of God. Thinking is a mere shadow of what's available to you. So, again, pragmatic. I'm simple and I'm pragmatic. Those are the two things that I try and boil my life down to. When Satan came directly against Jesus with three temptations, each time Jesus spoke and he said, It is written. It is written. It is written. He didn't think those things. He didn't just ignore Satan and hope he went away. He spoke out the word of God and used the only weapon that was available that actually wins every time. So how does that look in your life? All right. We've got, in those circumstances, I've had mountains of debt. Every penny of multiple. You heard about that fraction of a huge incident that happened earlier in my life where it took everything from me. And they said I may never walk again. And even if I did, I'd never be able to go home alone. They sentenced me to a, a stroke patient home to be forgotten about. That has bills. Those bills. The bills from the snake bite. The bills from being semi-decapitated. Countless bills. Paid in Jesus' name. Every penny. Relationships. You want to talk to me about relationships you don't deserve? I just celebrated 17 years with just the best thing that's ever happened to me is my bride. Mortgages, yeah, yeah, I know a little bit about those. I was moving out of an LA-sized townhouse mortgage into a new LA-sized house mortgage. Both of those homes, more than a decade later, were still in our name because Jesus is faithful. Not because I'm amazing, because he's awesome. Employment, yeah. You want to talk to me about under or unemployed? I'm just trained into equally useless degrees. <laughs> Vocal performance and theater. <laughs> Both of them even more useless when you are assured by the best of the best. Look, that says I'm on my time. <laughs> you're, you're assured by the best of the best. Look, please be quiet. Thank you. <laughs> that you're never going to even whisper again, much less speakers sing. Now, by the grace of God, I have been delighted and honored to, to speak on five continents. And I haven't even been to Africa yet. In those moments, as I was bleeding out as the son of a Baptist pastor, again, simple and pragmatic, I thought, I've only got breaths left before I'm dead. And at that point, I'm going to be before my maker. What does that look like? Wow. I better make sure I'm clean. I better make sure it happens quick. Crud, what do I actually... What words do you pray in that moment when you recognize literally 
Your life depends on it, and you have milliseconds to make a call. What do you say? Uh, instantly, my Southern Baptist pastor kid kicks in and says, well, if Jesus says when you pray, pray like this, that sounds like a decent prayer to start with. Let's go there. Let's just do the Lord's Prayer. Just come on, just say that. Come on, you could do this backwards. You've done this a billion times. Just say the Lord's Prayer so you can be... It wouldn't come. I'm lying there with a guy hand in my neck holding my jugular veins together and I can't remember the Lord's Prayer. And I can't speak it out. I had to count in that moment on God knowing my heart throw myself on his infinite mercies. Your homework is recognizing before you're bleeding out that your life is in your hands. You're either giving it to him or you're giving it to him. Which is it going to be? And finding which of your circumstances, whether or not it's employment or debt, or relationships, or fill in the blank, what, addictions, whatever it is, find the scripture that addresses that. Memorize it, yes. And then speak it out. And then speak it out again. And then speak it out again. And then speak it out again. Because you can. He's given you the gift of your voice amplifying his. Like I said, I get to speak now. And God's been very gracious to allow me to do so. But I had that gift of being able to sing stripped from me. In that moment in the ambulance as we sped along in L.A., guy's hand in my neck, never going to whisper again, wow, hope you, can, hope you can breathe one more breath. Let's stay focused there. Unable to pray. I get to look back and see his faithfulness. Not only do I get to say the Lord's Prayer, he's been gracious enough to allow me to sing it. I hope that you will take this time and do more than just think a prayer. Pray out loud with me as we pray as Jesus himself taught us to pray. As we should share, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Keep going. Our Father, which art in
what are you going to take home? What action point are you going to take? I hope it's just knowing that his word is sufficient. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Speak it out. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the this morning as we end, and uh, as Jason and I were talking about just this morning, um, the thing that he wanted this to be about is not, not at all about him. I hope you saw that. Um, God has truly done a miracle in his life, and, uh, and it is the same God that has worked in Jason's life that wants to work in your life as well. And I love his question, whose voice is it going to be? Are you going to amplify God's voice? Or are you going to amplify Satan's voice? That really is what it comes down to in terms of our lives. There is no middle ground, like you said. There's no Switzerland. It's not just your voice. You're going to amplify either God's voice or Satan's voice. And there may be things that you are facing even here today. And maybe there's been a check in your spirit about what voice have you been speaking over that situation. Earlier in worship, Hayden was talking about fear and how it's easy just to give in to fear and to begin to speak that voice of fear over your life. Well, is that God's voice? Are you amplifying God's voice when you're speaking that over yourself, or are you amplifying Satan's voice? The Bible says that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So it's not God's voice when we speak that fear over our situations. It's God's voice when you speak truth and life and victory and provision and deliverance into that situation. He mentioned at the end that one of the most important things that we can do is you know God's word, get to know God's word, and then speak that over your life. Speak God's word over your situation. 
We're going to take communion here together. And it's a combination of action and voice. Now, you could just simply go through the line and take communion and just do it as an action. But let me push you a little bit further here this morning and do exactly what Jason said and make it not just an action, but your voice. See, he read Romans 10, 8, 9, which says that if we declare with our voice that Jesus is Lord, so you declare with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and then believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. In other words, that Jesus is who he says he is. He did what, he, what the Bible says that he did. Then the Bible's conclusion and promise for us that then you will be saved. For all who confess, verse 13 says, for all who confess shall be saved. It's your voice. And so as we take communion here this morning, I'm going to ask you to add your voice to the mix. That as you take the bread and as you dip it into the juice, that as you're doing that as an action, just add your voice to it in your confession. Jesus, I recognize and I confess that you are Lord over my life, that you are Savior over my life, and I give my life to you. We have two stations set up front here in how we're going to do this, we'll start in the front row, and you're going to exit on your right, and you're going to circle around, and just take some bread and dip it in the juice, and circle back around, and sit back down at your chair. We'll go from front row to all the way to the back, and we celebrate open communion here, which means you don't have to be a member of this church. This is something that Jesus provides for us, and he invites all of us to come, and so let's do this here together. That's a good declaration. That's a good morning, huh? Come, put your hands again and love on Jason, if you would, please. Thank you, Black family, for coming to Texas, for investing your lives here, for investing your family. You're the one that have like 18 kids running around here. It's not, it's not 18. <laughs> All right. Why don't you grab a hold of the person's hand? Besides you. <laughs> Let me just speak a blessing over you here this morning. Father, I thank you for these amazing people that you brought here this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the people that are on our left and on our right. That you brought them here for this moment that you brought in here specifically to be able to even hear these things and, and to maybe even shift things that are happening in their life, even shift the course of their life. And so, Father, we pray for the people on our left and right, those hands that we're holding right now, that, God, that you would do, you would do your work in their life, that your word would come alive in them, and that, God, as they speak your words, that life would flow through their lives, that goodness would flow through their lives, that joy would flow through their lives, that they then in turn, as they are blessed, may be a blessing to those that are around them. And so, Father, I speak your blessing over their lives. I speak blessing over their finances and job situation. I speak your blessing in their relationships, in the school year, 
that they're going into. Lord, I speak your blessing, God, that you would use these men and women to alter and transform this region for your kingdom's sake and for your glory and for your honor. And we declare this, we proclaim it, and we say it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a great, great week. We'll see you next week.